I want to go ahead and jump into the Word today, and I want to share with you a concept of growing in the wilderness. And and if you have your Bible, turn with me to Exodus chapter number 2, and we're going to start reading in verse number 11. And here's what the Scripture says. One day when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and looked on their burdens, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. He looked this way and that. And seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. When he went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together. And he said to the man in the wrong, Why do you strike your companion? He answered, Who made you prince and judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, Surely the thing is known. And when Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. Let's turn to chapter number 3 and let's read verse number 1. It says this, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The title of my message this morning is Embracing the Wilderness. In our passage, we just read about Moses. And if you're unfamiliar with Moses, he is perhaps one of the most foundational people in all of Scripture. And he is really the one that God used to establish the Jewish faith. He was a man that God chose to lead his people out of Egypt. God's plan for the Hebrew people was ultimately that they would become a nation in which the Savior would come from. And that Savior was ultimately Jesus Christ. And because Jesus came and he lived and he died and he rose again, you and I can have salvation today. And that was the plan for the Hebrew people. Now, outside of Jesus, perhaps no person in Scripture was more instrumental than Moses. In fact, the Scriptures say of Moses in his obituary in Deuteronomy 34.10 that there had not been a prophet like Moses whom God spoke to face to face. So Moses is a pretty big deal. However, in our passage that we're reading about, Moses is still a young man, and none of these things have happened in his life yet. He's probably around the age of 40 40 years old. He is a Hebrew by race but he was adopted as a baby into the house of Pharaoh. We will read later in Acts chapter number 7 that at this point in Moses' life, he is starting to feel the call of God. God is starting to stir up his heart, and he is starting to feel this urgency to lead the Hebrew people out of Egypt. However, Moses jumps the gun, and he ends up committing murder that we just read about. He kills an Egyptian who is abusing one of the Hebrew men. And so Moses has to flee to the wilderness or to the desert to be away from Pharaoh and to save his own skin. Moses ends up spending 40 years in the wilderness as a shepherd. And after 40 years, God speaks to Moses from the burning bush and gives him the signs to perform in front of Pharaoh. And the rest is history. We we have the 10 plagues on Egypt. We have the people leaving at the Passover. We have the parting of the Red Sea. We have the pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night leading the people. We have the Ten Commandments. All these amazing things that we'll read in Scripture came from Moses while he was in the wilderness. And here's the thing I want you to catch this morning. The palace was not an adequate training ground for Moses. Moses needed to spend some time in the wilderness to be prepared for the commission that God had for him to do. And there's a principle that appears in over and over again in Scripture. 
time and time again, God calls an individual and God has a plan for an individual's life to do amazing things for him. And God, in his wisdom, leads these individuals into desert seasons or wilderness seasons before he uses them. Let me give you some examples. God leads Moses into the wilderness before he leases him to minister to his people. God sent the prophet Samuel to anoint a young boy named David to be the king over Israel. The current king, Saul, starts to figure this out and starts to pursue David to kill him. And where does David flee? David flees to the wilderness. Elijah is a prophet that God is using to speak to the people in his day, and and he gives a word that no one likes. Where does God lead Elijah? He leads him into the wilderness. John the Baptist lived in the wilderness before he started preparing the way for Jesus. In fact, Jesus himself is baptized with water. The Holy Spirit descends upon him, and what do we read in Scripture? God leads Jesus into the wilderness. So for some reason that I cannot claim to know the answer to, God seems to have a tendency to lead people into wilderness seasons from time to time before he releases them to the next season of ministry or work in their life. I personally believe that going through wilderness seasons is one of the most important things that God can do in your life. And I believe it's wise to know that someday God will lead you into wilderness seasons And probably if you look over your life, you will see different places where you have already been in wilderness seasons. So if these wilderness seasons are going to come and go in our life, it would benefit us to know when they are coming so that we can be prepared for those seasons. You have probably seen those and experienced those in your life and in other people's lives. And you've seen the effect of them both in the moment, but you've also seen them be a launching pad for where they go. So what are wilderness seasons? What are the characteristics of these types of seasons in our life? I believe that wilderness seasons look different for everyone. They'll look different for you than they do me because God has a different plan for all of our lives. But there are some characteristics that I think are universal in these seasons of life. Wilderness seasons are characterized by isolation. Deserts are lonely places. Moses, David, Elijah, John the Baptist, Jesus, they were all isolated. They were all alone in their wilderness seasons. Wilderness seasons are characterized by places of frustration where you feel like you're not fruitful. When you're in a wilderness season in life, you don't feel like you're doing what God created you and called you to do. Let's look at David, for example. David knew his purpose was to be king, but instead of being king, he was running for his life. David, in that moment, probably felt like he wasn't fulfilling the call of God on his life in that wilderness season. While Jesus was in the wilderness, he wasn't healing one person. He wasn't preaching one message. The wilderness season leaves you in a place where you feel like you're making no impact. Wilderness seasons are characterized by extended days. When we talk about wilderness seasons, we need to understand we're not talking about having a bad day or a bad week. We're talking about extended periods of time where we feel like there's barrenness in our life. Moses was in the desert for 40 years. David ran from Saul for years. Elijah was in the wilderness for a long time. John the Baptist was in the wilderness for a long time. Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness. So when you feel like this is dragging out, perhaps that's a characteristic of the of the wilderness season in your life. Wilderness seasons are characterized by surprise in your life. 
The thing about wilderness seasons for most of us is that we don't see them coming. They, they come upon us suddenly. Every person I just referenced to you, they suddenly found themselves in the wilderness. And most of the time, you find yourself in the wilderness because of circumstances outside of your control. Now, some of us make mistakes or we do boneheaded things and it causes us a lot of barrenness or frustration in our life. I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about situations where you wake up one day and you realize, man, I am in a wilderness season and I really didn't do anything to get myself here. Wilderness seasons are characterized by difficulty. There's nothing easy about surviving in a desert. If you watch any of those survival shows, you know that the desert landscape is one of the most difficult places in the world to live. And spiritually and emotionally, when you find yourself in desert seasons, it can be very difficult to get through that. It's a very hard thing to walk through. Now, here's the concept that I want you to get. I, I share this with people going into ministry a lot. I really believe that this is an important lesson for people who are about to go into ministry. But right now, if you look around at our culture and our society, we have found ourselves in a very unique situation where we are all in a wilderness season because of what's happening in our culture and in the world today with this pandemic. I mean, look at the characteristics I just shared with you, and then look at our present situation. Isolation? Yep. Frustration? Yep. Being caught, by, uh, being caught off guard? Absolutely. A lot of us didn't even have enough toilet paper to get through this. Extended stay? Folks, we're on week five of doing online videos for our Sunday service. Is this a difficult time for a lot of people? Absolutely. So for me personally, I know that I've experienced probably two true great desert seasons in my life. Both of those seasons came right before God released me to a new time of ministry. But right now, when we look around, a lot of us all find ourselves in the same boat for a change, and we're all in a wilderness. When I look at society, we are in a wilderness season together. And this is unique because a lot of times, maybe one or two of us are in a wilderness season personally, but I don't know if there's ever been a situation where all of us are collectively now in a desert season. But here's what I want you to catch in this. Here's the big idea to remember. Deserts are not fun, but they are vital, right? Desert seasons, wilderness seasons are not fun, but they launch you to the new season that God has for your life. So there are advantages by going through the wilderness. I truly believe right now that there are some marriages that are in the wilderness in this season, but you're going to let God work in your situation and you're going to be healthier on the backside of this than you ever were on the front side. I think there's some families that found themselves in a wilderness season, but this time is going to be a, a molding for their family and they're going to be healthier than they've ever been before. I think there's some people that were spiritually in a wilderness before this started, but now you have the time to dig into the Word of God, and you're going to be healthier on the backside of this than you ever thought was possible. Your relationship with God is going to go deeper than it's ever been before. There are some single people who are experiencing extreme isolation right now because they're on their own, but in this time of isolation, they're going to encounter God in a way that they never thought was possible. There are teenagers going through a wilderness time, but they're learning how to be individuals and not rely on other people. There are people who are even lost their jobs, and there's this financial wilderness that they're in, but God's going to show them that he can be their provision. The wilderness is vital to go through, and the wilderness has some advantages, but here's the key. You have to take advantage of the wilderness. The advantages are not just going to happen. You have to seize the moment that God has led you into. 
These are only advantages when you capitalize on them. So what are the advantages of the desert season? What are the advantages? Well, the first advantage of the wilderness is that the wilderness grows you and prepares you for the next level. Think about it. God had a massive calling on Moses' life. He was to lead two to four million people to the promised land. Moses grew up in one of the greatest leadership homes in his day that he could grow up in. He was in the house of Pharaoh, and that should have been the best place to learn how to lead people, but yet it wasn't enough for God. God had to take Moses into the wilderness to teach him how to have a servant heart and how to shepherd sheep. When Moses learned how to manage sheep, then he would know how to shepherd God's people. And the wilderness provided him with the -the on-the-job training that he needed. The wilderness is not pleasant, but it prepares you and trains you for your next level. You have to understand something right now. God has already gone before you and prepared the path for you. If you don't believe me, go read in your Bible in Ephesians chapter 1 and 2, and what you're going to see is that before the foundations of the world were laid, that God went ahead and prepared a path, prepared a plan for us, and he prepared good works that we should walk in them. But you have to be prepared. You have, to, you have to be ready to walk the path that God has already laid out for you, and the wilderness gets you ready. The wilderness is the dressing room for your future performance. The wilderness is the classroom for your destiny. The wilderness is the training ground for future skills. The wilderness is the incubator of creative ideas. So I don't know anybody who can go through a desert season where they're really seeking God, where they aren't completely different on the other side, ready for the calling that God has for them. Moses' desert season was different than David's desert season, which was different than Jesus' desert season, but all of them learned something through that, and all of them were prepared for the ministry or the calling that God had for their life. And I guarantee you that if you're willing to learn in this season, that the wilderness can be one of the greatest teaching grounds you have ever experienced in your life, and it will prepare you for the future. So don't ignore what you can learn in this season. Submit to God's instruction and training, and ask a lot of questions. Ask yourself, what am I learning right now in this season? What is God trying to teach me that I need to be paying attention to? What's God trying to prune in my heart to prepare me for the next season? Where can I grow right now? What skills or giftings has God placed in my life that I can be polishing up because I have the time? Prepare for the next season. So the first advantage of the wilderness is that the wilderness grows you and prepares you for the next level. The second advantage of the wilderness is that wilderness seasons teach you to overcome trial and temptation. The wilderness is often a place of temptation and trial. Probably because of the characteristics of the wilderness season in life, isolation, frustration, confusion, it makes us more vulnerable to temptation and trial. I'm sure that Moses was tempted to give up on the calling that God had for his life. In fact, later on, when you read in Exodus, God is calling Moses from a burning bush and Moses is resisting the call. He says, "I, I can't do this. I'm not capable of doing this. So what made Moses go from being a man who was willing to kill, commit murder to free his people to where God is speaking to him from a bush, and he says, no, no, I can't do that. Probably the answer is the temptation to give up. 
This is very, very clearly seen in the life of Jesus. When Jesus was led into the wilderness after his baptism, he was led there to be tempted. That's why he went. That's why the Holy Spirit took him out there was for him to experience temptation. And there the devil threw everything he had at Jesus in that season. The Satan questioned if Jesus was really the son of God. Satan questioned God's provision in Jesus's life. Satan questioned Jesus's dedication to obedience and humility. Satan tempted Jesus to take the easy way out and avoid suffering on the cross and become the risen Lord. And here's the thing I think we need to be aware of. In these seasons, Satan will tempt you because he knows on the other side there is victory in Christ and that there is this new level of ministry. So he would not be doing his job if he didn't try to sabotage that while you were in the wilderness. And he he will stop at nothing to unhinge the work of God in your life. He'll tempt you to sin. He'll tempt you to give up and to quit. You know, I specifically think in this season that a lot of us are in with the virus that you're going to be tempted in your relationships and in your spiritual life. There's going to be a temptation to believe that no one loves you, no one cares for you because you're disconnected right now from other people. There's going to be temptation that you don't need church. There's going to be temptation that you don't need to grow closer to God in this season. All those things are probably going to be coming your way and you need to be ready for it. Now, here's what I want you to see, though. This temptation is actually an advantage to you. Why? Because when temptation comes, it teaches you to take shelter in who God is. It's a lot easier to withstand temptation in the desert than it is in the hustle and bustle of life. I want you to think about it. Jesus was alone in isolation in the wilderness, and the temptation was serious. But I would suspect that it was easier to withstand there in the wilderness than it was to withstand in the Garden of Gethsemane or at the whipping post or on the cross. And so it prepared him for what he was about to experience. Overcoming temptation teaches you what to prioritize more. Overcoming temptation will strengthen you spiritually because you have to run to God. Temptation, overcoming temptation will strengthen you because it allows God to prune your heart. And here's the key to all this, though. Here's the only way that temptation can be an advantage in your life is if you overcome. You have to overcome. So how do you do that? You have to be in the Word. You have to be in prayer. You have to allow your heart to be drawn to God. You have to have fellowship with Him and communion with Him in worship. You need to be asking yourself the questions. What what area of temptation is the enemy throwing at me in this season? And God, what is it that I need to do to stand strong on your word? So the first advantage of the wilderness is that it helps prepare you for the next level. The second advantage of the wilderness is that it teaches you to overcome trial and temptation. And the third advantage of the wilderness seasons is that the wilderness draws you closer to God than you've ever been before because he is all you have. God met people in the wilderness like never before. Angels ministered to Jesus in the wilderness. God spoke to Moses through a fiery bush in the wilderness. God fed Elijah supernaturally by the brook with ravens. David wrote many of the Psalms that we have when he was running in the wilderness. So these encounters with God changed the course and the direction of these people's lives. The wilderness season that we are in and we are experiencing and will experience throughout our lives 
are amazing opportunities to encounter God in an authentic and personal way. Wilderness seasons, by definition, are a stripping away of noise and distraction. Wilderness seasons are quiet, and it allows you to hear God clearer than you've ever heard Him before. God meets you in the wilderness because He's all that's there. The deserts are barren, and it puts you in a place where you have to rely on Him. Personally, I know that I have never been closer to God than in those wilderness seasons. Now, that didn't mean that they were fun or that they were easy to get through because you had the isolation, the confusion, all those things that we talked about. But in that chaos, if you will, there was actually a lot of peace and there was a lot of stillness because I knew God was there and he was leading me and he was guiding me and he was talking to me and he was working on my heart and he was preparing me for what is to come. In our season as a people and as a church, we need to be drawing closer to God than we've ever been before. We need to be asking ourselves, what habits do I need to be making with the Father right now? You know, what prayers do I need to be offering to God right now? What word is jumping out into my heart right now? I want to close with these thoughts. Right now, we are all in a wilderness season together. Maybe you've gone through different wilderness seasons in our life. The question is not, will these seasons come? The question is, will we let this season be the launching pad for the future that God has for us as individuals and as a church? That's the question we need to have. And I truly believe if we take advantage of this season, that it will truly be that. The reality is none of us know what's ahead. Everybody keeps saying that. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. And I'm not going to pretend to tell you that I do know. But here's what I will tell you that I know spiritually, is that God has a plan. And God is trying to use this season to prepare us for the plan that he has so that when it comes time to execute, we will be ready so that we can bring him glory and honor and that we can make an impact to his kingdom. Lives need to be saved. Marriages need to be saved. Children need to be saved. People on addiction need to be saved. People need the good news of the gospel. And if we don't capitalize on this wilderness season, we won't be ready when it gets here. So think about this as an individual, and let's think about this as a church. I want to pray for you. God, we just come before you right now. And Lord, you see that we are in this wilderness season, but God, we are not here by surprise to you. It might be a surprise to us, but you knew that we were going to be here. And I pray, Lord, in this season that we would take advantage of it. God, you want to grow us and you want to prepare us, Lord, to be ready for the next season, Lord. Lord, help us in this time to be sensitive to the working that you want to do on our heart. Lord, as temptation comes, teach us to overcome that. And Lord, as we overcome through resistance, God, I pray that we would be stronger in our walk with you. And Lord, I pray that we would be closer to you than we have ever been before. Lord, in this season where the noise and the distractions are gone, I pray that we would hear your voice in our lives clearer than we have ever heard in our life. God, I thank you that you watch over this people. Lord, I thank you that you're with us. And Lord, I thank you that you're never going to forsake us. God, I just pray today, Lord, that no matter what comes our way, that our life would be a song to you. Lord, that when people see us, that they would see a steadiness in our hearts because of who you are, because the Holy Spirit is with us, and because we have your word. God, I thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.